Welcome to Holistic Healing with Lori. I'm Lori Rivers. I'm the founder of the Relief and Transformation course for recovering from long COVID and MECFS. And in today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ryan Syverson, who is a health coach, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. We're going to go through what that is later. <laughs> and he's also the founder of Sublime Life. Now, he has his own triumphant story of overcoming chronic illness that we're going to be talking about. I love hearing people's origin stories. And we're also going to get into some of the nitty gritty of mold, how it affects the body and other co-infections and what you can do about these issues. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm uh, honored to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So Let's hear about your story. How did you get into functional medicine, into this particular approach for your health coaching? Sure. I've been an athlete my entire life, played ice hockey, was in the Marine Corps. And so I was always active doing things, powerlifting. And probably around my mid-30s, things started to fall apart. I hit 35. And one day I woke up one morning and I was in excruciating pain. It took me like 45 minutes to put my clothes on in the morning. I, I felt like I went from 35 to 95 and overnight. I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And people are like, oh, you played ice hockey and the Marine Corps and all these things. You're just getting older. I'm like, I'm 35. This is not what's supposed to happen at 35. That went on for a while. I was struggling with extreme uh, fatigue, insomnia, gut issues, like really bad anxiety, depression, and just couldn't figure out what was going on. And did the going to your doctor, going to all the specialists, and they ruled out autoimmune issues. And then after about a year and a half of that, they labeled me with fibro. Uh, but it was interesting because I went into the integrative medicine specialist at one of the top hospitals in Chicago with a book from Richie Shoemaker called Beyond Mold or uh, Surviving Mold. I had some water damage in my building and I thought I was smelling some mold and I'd ask my doctors if that could be causing any of the issues I had. And they said, do you have any respiratory issues? I said, no. And they were like, it's not mold. And I was looking through all it. I'm like, man, this really sounds like what I'm going through. And so I presented that to the doctor at the integrative medicine. And she's absolutely not. I've never heard of this. I don't know any of these lab markers. Here's a pamphlet for my fibromyalgia. You can buy my book on it. And out the way, on the way you go. I was like, man, I didn't want to believe that. And I'm like, there's got to be a decide, there's got to be something going on beneath this other than fibromyalgia, because the research that I was doing was, was more like they didn't know what I had. So the, you fit this. So here you go. And fast forward, probably, probably three or four months, I had finally got a, like an environmental inspector to come out and look at my building. And I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this phone call. I was home for Thanksgiving because I, I I grew up in Minnesota. I was living in Chicago at the time. And my environmental inspector said, are you, are you home right now? I said, no. And he's good. And I'm like, I just thought it was weird. He's calling me on Thanksgiving day. He's the levels of stachybotrys and mold in your condo is off the charts that if you continue staying there, it could kill you. And I was like, whoa. But at that moment, as awful as it sounded, it was like this great relief because finally, like all these medical professionals and environmental other people, like an environmental medicine told me I was crazy. And the first person that made me feel like I was being validated and being heard was a mold specialist who was checking my building for moisture and mold. So that was like the beginning of everything. And again, I've always been into physical fitness and supplementation and all that being an athlete. 
And then when I got into that, I, I started researching that more. I ended up getting out of my building. I started feeling better. And then that's when I started having other issues, which turned out to be Lyme disease and co-infections. Yeah. So interesting. It's fascinating to me how everything works together. I feel I have people who come to me and they say, I think it's this. I think it's this. I think it's, and they're talking about one thing. Yeah. But in my experience, it's like what you're just saying. It's a combination of several different things. And one can set the other one off or open it up. It's like that, like the perfect storm that was coming. But in all honesty, looking back on it now, going through the whole thing, it took me like seven years to recover. But in that process of when I discovered I had mold, I remediated, I spent $15,000 trying to remediate come to find out that the building or the unit below mine was full of mold and, they, and it was in foreclosure. So nobody was going to fix it. So I ended up having to walk away. Long story short, I had to file bankruptcy and all this different stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to choose my health over my credit report. And I had like throughout that, like a lot of my life in my you know 20s and 30s, I felt like I had a black cloud that followed me everywhere. I've been in 10 car accidents and bad relationships. And what was going, I'm like, why do I have such bad luck? But that's what it really started to, my illness was a blessing in disguise because it helped me realize that it wasn't karma. I wasn't a bad person. I was a good person, but I was putting everybody before me. I was a perfectionist. I was a people pleaser, overachiever, and I was dealing with emotional trauma issues that I was avoiding for 35 years. And if it wouldn't have been me getting sick, I don't know that I would have ever looked at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that from Pretty much everybody that I've spoken to who has fully recovered, they look back on it and they say that was a big turning point for the positive. And yeah. I wouldn't probably choose to go through it again. Yeah. So I really appreciate this because the way that you're talking about it is very much a holistic approach, right? You're talking about dealing with past trauma. You're talking about putting your own health first and things like that. Yeah. That's great as far as a holistic podcast, but as far as how you specifically started to address the mold issues first, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what steps did you take? The number one thing for mold is first to get out of the mold. And that can be some, that can be the hardest part for people because there's so much that's involved in it. And that's like a big thing when I work with clients is that when they come to me, I'm like, I think you might have a mold issue. We do like a, a urine test or there's a blood test. Now you can check for uh, antibodies as well. Yeah, you have high levels of mycotoxins in your system. Let's check your home. So we check their home and sure enough, their numbers are high. And I'm like, you can get an inspector to come out and take a look and see what's going on. Where is the water happening? And the remediation is not cheap. And if you're a renter, like a lot of times landlords are, it's, they don't, understand it and things like that. So it can be difficult. Uh, there's at one point I had to move, I moved twice in six weeks because I moved from one place to a new place that had mold. And I had to convince the landlords that I'm like, listen, I prefaced it when I saw them. I said, if there's any water damage or mold here that I, it, it's death, it makes me deathly ill, I'm going to have to move. And so I was able to get out of my lease and move, but it's just that money. So it's the getting out of the mold is number one. You can support yourself while you're in that, really working on supporting your drainage organs and binding up things and doing the things the best you could. But for some people, mold is so overwhelming. For me, it's like I have insomnia, pain, anxiety, depression was like so bad that there was like, I've gotten to the point where my nervous system is able to handle mold. Now I can go to a moldy home or a building and 
and mm-hmm. not be crushed, but I'm like a canary in a coal mine. I'll instantly start getting neurological ticks and stuff like that. So getting out is number one. Understanding that you have it is number two. And there's research. Dr. Brewer did one back in 2013 where they looked at 100 and I think it was 169 chronic fatigue sufferers. They did a urine panel on them and 93% had high mycotoxins in their urine. Wow. And they just did another study in 2022 looking at 269 chronic fatigue patients and 94% of them had mycotoxins. So it's definitely something that's not being picked up and it needs to be ruled out because you could be chasing adrenal fatigue, you could be chasing diet, you could be chasing all these different things. And if you're being exposed to mold, it's gonna, it's, you're going to be swimming an uphill battle. Yeah, that's so interesting. I had two questions come up as we were talking. Yep. And one of them is, let's say that you had a lot of mold exposure when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Would that still be affecting you now, even if you're in a clean environment? Great question. That's a great question. So one of the things, and initially Dr. Shoemaker came out with, there's a specific haplotype, like an HLA genotype that is more susceptible to mold. His theory was that 25% of the population do not have the um, genes to create antigens to uh, bind mycotoxins out of the system. That, yeah. That. yeah. And I happen to be one, I happen to be one of those. So you see families where there's one person that's affected and everybody else is fine. And so they think the person that's affected is like a malingerer. They're crazy. They need to be in therapy. Yeah. And I've seen families get torn apart like this, but if they don't understand that some one person once that switches, epigenetic change happens, that inflammation cascade is going until they get out of the mold. And you have to bring down a bunch of different other markers to look at it. And if you do regular blood work, it's not going to come up. Like when I went to the doctors, they're like, you're the spitting image of health. Like your yeah. all your markers are great, but they weren't looking at my C-reactive protein sedimentation. There's no signs of inflammation. But when we looked at complement C4A and TGF-beta-1, what were some of the other ones? MSH, these particular markers were off, and extremely elevated in signs of inflammation. And that's, so people need to be looking for those specific things. So if somebody's questioning that, definitely looking for somebody that's well-versed in mold and mycotoxins. Yeah, they need to come talk to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember, because I'm also very sensitive to mold. Yeah. And I remember tons of different times when it has affected me, but it's only looking back. Now that I know that I'm sensitive to it, that I can see it. But there was one time where I was actually shooting a commercial and it was in a mm. very moldy warehouse kind of thing. And yeah. as soon as I walked in there, my brain just went bye-bye. Yeah. It was gone. And so I was having trouble remembering lines and interacting with people. And it really, it's such a moment-to-moment difference if you're in that environment versus not in that environment. Living in something like that. Yeah, it's it, it really, there's no system in the body that's not impacted by it. So it's circulatory, your nervous system, digestive system, hormonals, every, all your systems are impacted by it. And it just creates a lot of oxidative stress and inflammation throughout the body. And it can be, it's so nasty. And the other things too, is some of the research I was looking at too, I don't know, are you familiar with Beth O'Hara? No. Okay. So she's really big in, and I was going to, wanted to bring that up in the call today too, about mast cell activation. Oh, yeah. So mold and Lyme are big drivers for mast cell activation. So like a lot of my fibro clients who like struggle, like they're, it's almost like they're allergic to the sun or like weather changes or they can't eat anything and they have all these sensitivities. 
mast cells behind that, one of the major drivers for mast cells is mold. And so that's impacting the nervous system and all different aspects in the immune system as well. So that's something I don't mean to throw more into the mix of what people need to think about, but that's another something that we people should look at as well. I think that it's actually helpful to look at it that way because this is really just a presentation, right? Yes. So there, whatever's causing it underneath that, whether that is mold or a lot of the people that I work with, it's parasites, yep. fungus, and they all work together, right? Yep. Yeah. So I think it is helpful to know that MCAS isn't, that there's something that's causing yeah. cell activation syndrome and, yep. that, and that mold is a possibility. So yep. yeah, I think that's super helpful. So we've been talking about the problem a lot and what it yeah, does to the yeah. body and, and that. And you mentioned binders. So why don't we talk about some of the things that people can do to start to get their bodies back on track and what some of the specific binders for mold are. I don't know if they're yeah. different for mold or then. Yeah, so there's there's a different binders for different, different, actually different mycotoxins. So like working with a practitioner, if you run like a urine panel, you can see which ones are elevated and there's specific binders that are more, have more of a binding capacity for those specific mycotoxins. So binders, like the first thing someone would want to do is just always start with the basics like hydration, like diet, increasing fiber. Fiber can be a binder in and of itself, mm. but like specific binders for, for, for mycotoxins and mold would be things like chlorella, uh, citrus, pectin can be really good. It's, that's a pretty mild one. That tends not to bind up a lot of your uh, beneficial minerals and vitamins as well. Hemic fulvic acid can be really helpful. Activated charcoal, but that's a really strong binder. And it's usually well tolerated by people, but it's, it's it, it doesn't differentiate between toxins and your minerals and vitamins. You can get that in a form too. I'm trying to think of the one. It's bamboo. It's Takasumi Supreme is the one I like to recommend. That's an activated carbon binder we have. So like zeolite can be a really mild binder. Things like Saccharomyces boulardii, which is a beneficial yeast probiotic. Their cell walls can bind onto mycotoxins. It's a very weak binder, but it's a good one to start with somebody who's really sensitive. And then if you want to get into more pharmaceutical grade ones like cholestyramine or Wellcol, they have a very strong binding capacity. However, in my uh, experience, it caused a lot of Herxing reaction for me because it can bind up so much so quickly that when it starts, the, the body will like, oh, it's, we're dumping toxins or we're toxins to be pulled out. Let's throw more in there. And then the way I like to think about it too is like a binder is, imagine you have a bunch of metal shavings on a, on a desk and you take a magnet and you pull it along, like those metal shavings will attach to it, which is like a binder. But some of those metal shavings will fall off, then get recirculated back into the system, which then can cause a Herxheimer reaction. Yeah. So it's citrus pectin. I'm trying to think of some other ones that are good. There's a specific fiber. I have a hard time saying the name of it. I'd have to look it up, but that can be a, a weaker binder as well. But the ones I like, chlorella is really good. Hemophilic acid can be very helpful. Zeolite's another what, pretty well-tolerated binder that can work well. Citrus pectin's very good. That's generally more well-tolerated. And one thing you need to think about with binders too, is when we're binding things, they can so like for me, when I was dealing with mold, constipation was a big issue. And that's a huge issue for so many people I work with. And if you're not going to the bathroom, it doesn't matter how many binders you're taking because those toxins aren't leaving the body. 
Like number one would be to make sure you're, you're going number two and supporting that pathway. So well, that's open the drain. There. Yep. Yeah. Open the drainage funnel out, make sure that the colon and things are evacuating. So your binders are doing their job. Yes. Great. Perfect. Perfect. I, I think that we have actually covered a good bit here. Yeah. I think maybe what would your top recommendations be? For someone who has long COVID or ME-CFS and suggests that, or they think that mold might be a part of their issue, or even if they don't think that mold might be a part of their issue. Yeah, I would look into that, like work with a practitioner like myself or or yourself or somebody that's knowledgeable in this. You definitely want to rule that out because if you go to a normal, like your general practitioner or like even a, a specialist and you ask them to look into mold. They're probably not going to know what you're talking about and they'll probably blow you off because you need to use specific labs to look at specific blood markers. You can see if they can get run by insurance, which would be nice if you can do that. But I know that's not always the easiest. So you want to do that. Look in your environment. Is there any leaks anywhere in your home that you can like leaks? Like things to look at would be under sinks, around the showers and tubs, your window seals, if they're leaking at all. If you see any like bubbling paint. These are all things that you can tip you off that there might be some water damage and you can do, there's Immunolytics has mold plates you can use just to put in your home and they can, then you send it off to the lab. I think it's like, 30, <clears throat> excuse me, $35 per room. Oh, wow. Um, or you could do, my favorite is to do like an ERMI test, which is you, know, you take dust samples from areas of the house, you send it off to the lab and they're going to tell you whether or not your home is like what type of level of mold you have there. And then you're going to want to work with a practitioner check. So that would be like the first steps would take. And then always looking into really, if you're able to work on sleep and diet and these other things, that's a thing for you. But I know obviously with CFS and like long haul COVID, a lot of the things I see with long haul COVID is that it's because it's such a hit to the immune system, like all these dormant infections become active. And I see a lot of people that maybe were asymptomatic and had Lyme or their Epstein-Barr was being taken care of. And then COVID just allows that stuff to take off. And there's also some pretty good research that I've seen lately too, that where mast cells play a big role in the long COVID stuff as well. So calming down that immune system activation is is something that you'd want to be looking into. Awesome. Awesome. So how can people work with you? How do they find you? Yeah. So I work with people in uh, multiple ways. One, I do a lot of information. I share a lot of like right now I'm running a 14 day circadian rhythm reset challenge in my Facebook groups, Secrets to a Sublime Life. I work with clients in a group like hybrid one-on-one fashion. And I do that through, through, through myself. I have a multiple like levels for that for people, how, what level they want to purchase. And if you're interested in learning about working with me, you can reach me. I'm most active on Instagram, which is uh, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, double underscore Severson. That's S-Y-V as in Victor, E-R-S-O-N. Or you can find me on Facebook as Ryan Severson as well. And I do have a website. It's just not been updated. That's at Your Sublime Life. So Y-O-U-R-S-U-B-L-Y-M-E-L-I-F-E.com. It's a mouthful. But yeah, you can check me out on any of those places, but I'm most active on Instagram. Perfect. And we'll put links to all of that in the description for sure. Yeah. So really interesting, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Giving me ideas for for myself and my students as well, which is always great to learn. 
So mm-hmm. thank you for what, what you shared with us and for your time and for all that you do for this community. Thank you. And I really appreciate you, Lori, for having this, this medium and getting this information out to people. And I really appreciate it. And I'm honored to have uh, be a guest here with you today. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Holistic Healing with Lori podcast. And I do hope that you found our conversation enlightening and helpful. That is always my goal. If you did, I have a small favor to ask. Please do consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. That would really, really help us not only to improve, but also to help others to discover the podcast. And especially if you know someone who is navigating their way through MECFS, through long COVID, fibromyalgia, or any chronic illness, please also share this podcast with them. You know, my mission is to reach as many people as possible to instill this feeling of hope and help and to share the insights and strategies that I know really work to help them on their healing journey. And just remember that you're not alone in this. We're in this all together, learning and growing and healing. And I'll see you next time.